All right, it has been a while, so good to be with you. For um, yeah, for you that don't know me, my name is Rashad, and I'm now an elder here at Reality. Um, Pastor Josh and Allie are out of town, and I get the honor of sharing God's word with you. And um, I'm just going to start with a story right now. Um, so near almost 25 years ago, um, I walked into a church, and it was probably for the first time in my adult life. I think I went a couple times as a kid. And um, it was my mom's church. And um, she invited me, or she made me. And, um, and um, three, yada, 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 three hours later, I came out a Christian. Okay. <laughs> and, um, uh, and as a, a new Christian, um, people start telling me what God is saying to me and what God wants for my life. And God wants you to serve him, and God wants this for you, and God wants you to do that, um, and God has called you into ministry, so I was like, okay, well, what do I what do? I do? Um, you need to go to a school that teaches the Bible and teaches you how to do ministry, so I'm like, okay, let me find one that has a good football team, and so, and that's, that's local, so I'm looking for a Christian school that I can learn ministry and pursue my dream of being a football player, and um, um, so I, I'm in that process, and one day I come over to my mom's house. And, she, you know, imagine her Jamaican accent speaking to me and saying, Rashad, this is the school the Lord wants you to go to. And I'm like, okay, I'm open to what, to what the Lord wants for my life. Um, where is this school? It's on the other side of the country. Does it have a football team? No, it does not have a football team. Okay, I don't know if this is God, but if they take my grades, I'll go. Okay. Um, yada, yada, yada. They took my grades and I went. Okay. Um, all that to say is um, the decision leading up to it um, would have meant that I had to leave my home in California. Um, it means I'd have to leave my family. Um, I'll have to leave my homies. They were like, those are my bros. I was have to leave. I had a young daughter at the time. I'd have to leave her. The job that I was in was a, it was a union, and I had just got vested in the union. And so this was going to be a costly decision to leave my home, leave my family, leave my child, leave my career, and go to this school with no football team and in the South. Um, so it's foreign land, very foreign place. Um, and what I want to talk to you today about is what to do after God speaks. And I want to look at the life of Abraham. And so there's a man, his name, God changes his name later to Abraham, and so right here you'll, you'll hear him just referred to as Abram. So there's a man, Abram, he's married to Sarai, later her name gets changed to Sarah, and they are currently living in a stable community. They have a good family, things are going well, they have a family business, they make a good living. That sounds perfect, right? Like, God, don't mess with that. He's the God of disruption. And God... What seems like comes out of nowhere has an encounter with Abram, and he speaks to Abram, and God doesn't just have a question for Abram or a suggestion for Abram. God has an imperative for Abram, and his imperative is go. Leave. Leave your country. Leave your people. Leave your family. And my immediate thought, and probably Abram's as well, is why? Usually when you hear an imperative that says leave everything, you're like, is there a fire? Is there, is there something going to happen? Is there something bad going to happen? And I think what God is saying 
is no, something bad is not going to happen, but something great is going to happen if you follow me. Leave, Aver, leave everything. And I, I'm, I know there's people in this room that really care about the details. And um, like before you hop in the car, you want to know where you're going. And you're like, and do you, have you routed it out yet? And God is telling Abraham, go, I'm sending you somewhere. I'm sending you to a place. He doesn't know where he's going, but God calls him to leave. Point number one, God's call in our lives is always from something to something. And, it, and this is way more than geographic. God is not just calling you from a physical place to a physical place. He's calling you from a mindset. He's calling you from a habit. He's calling you from a, a thought pattern. He's calling you from a way of worship to a new way of worship. He, this is what God does as we walk and journey with him. And he says, God says, to a place I will show you. And here's what you, when we talk about hearing from God and following God, God is both specific and very vague in general. And sometimes it goes from specific to general, like, okay, you told me something very specific, now it feels very vague and opaque, where are you? Or sometimes it's very general, just go, and then it gets very specific, I want you to go here, I want you to stop here, I want you to meet this person, I want you to do that as you go. Are you with me? Okay, amen. Um, <clears throat> so either way, the question isn't, is God calling us? The question isn't, is God speaking to us? The question is, what's our response to God's calling in our lives? The question is, what's our response to what God is saying to us? And you can imagine for Abram, this is a tough ask to leave his country, to leave his friends and his family, because that's everything for, in his life. When God calls you, what he's really doing is calling you to embrace him as your everything. Listen, God is, is God. God can carry out his purposes without us. God can pick someone else. He can just speak things into existence, but God chooses to use us. Why? Because he wants us to journey with him. God wants our hearts dependence, confidence, and affection to be deeply rooted in him. You still with me? Okay. Because here, here's what God wants to do with Abraham. Here's what God wants to do with us. He wants to form a people who are called by his name. He wants, he, and he wants Abraham and Sarai to know him and to trust him, to have their hearts in line with his heart because he wants to do something. He wants to create a people who bring God's shalom in his kingdom on earth. Look at verse 2. He says, I will make you into a great nation. <laughs> God wants to create a people, but it starts with a deep faith and trust to follow God to wherever he leads. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make you a blessing. God is inviting Abram into something that only God can do. Point, point two, God's call requires a response. Um, and God is literally, he sees Abram. He knows the life that he has, and he knows what he's doing. He knows his family. He knows everything about him. And he says, but I have this new life for you if you come with me. And the only way he gets this new life, the only way these promises are unlocked is if Abraham leaves what he has and goes with God. 
I'm going to say, I'm going to replace we with I. See, most of the time, I want God to do what I, what I want God to do right where I am. From my, from my ottoman, from my love seat, from, right, from my sectional, right? I don't want, like, I want him to do it there in the comforts of my own home. I don't want God to do things that make me uncomfortable. I don't want God to call me out into things that are going to make me uneasy or feel like out of sorts. You feel me? Because at the core of it, I really want to know how things are going to go before I decide to go. And I, my, my kids, they, they do this all the time. Like, you know, I ask them to do something. Well, well show, me, show me the money, right? <laughs> like, I, I need to know. Like, are you promised? You sure? We, we want the assurance that things are going to be okay, that God's going to show up, that these things are going to be because we're giving up so much and we don't know what we're going to get. You with me? God's call requires a response. And here's the thing about the response. The response is kind of like Jack Sparrow's compass. Pirates of the Caribbean, one of the greatest series of all time. Better than Harry Potter. Debate me. No, I'm just joking. I'm just playing. They're different. I'm sorry. I, I, no, no. Harry Potter's great. Okay. <laughs> Get derailed. <laughs> Clinching the spirit for some people. All right. Um, Jack Sparrow's compass. Um, pointed to whatever was the deepest longing of his heart. And our response points to what our heart really wants. And so when God calls us to something, how he responds tells us what's really in our heart. And if God calls us to the other, if God calls us to this, if God calls us to that, and if our response is no, then that kind of points to what our heart is really about. And if our heart says Yes, and when we step out, that is the pointing to us saying, God, I put my trust in you. And so it's not our words, it's how we respond that tells us what we actually believe. Man, I'm preaching better than your faces are looking right now. <laughs> wow, okay. Like I said, get the podcast. All right. <laughs> Hope you record it. All right. Um, and there's this motif, 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 motif in Scripture over and over again. And it, it, it is this, hearing well is displayed in our response. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Have you ever been in a situation where someone tells you something like some sensitive information and, um, and you've said this either in your mind or verbally, I wish you never told me that. <laughs> right? Like, I, like, man, like, wow, I've had those moments. <laughs> had those moments with family and my own house, and gosh, I wish you never told me that. And when you say, I wish you never told me that, what's really going on is there's something in you that goes, man, it's going to require me to respond, and I feel very uncomfortable with what I'm going to have to respond to. The proper response is going to be uncomfortable. Point three, following God will cause a discomfort. God gave Abraham an assignment to leave everything. That's disruptive. That's uncomfortable. And in the same breath, on the other side of the same coin, he um, obligates himself to Abraham. God, God will never call you to something that God is not going to show up in. God's never going to call you to something that he's not going to accompany you on the journey or even go ahead of you. And God 
tells Abraham all these I will statements because what God is calling Abraham to is way bigger than himself. And he's letting him know this is going to be hard, but I will accomplish it. This is not going to be easy, but I will accomplish it. You're going to feel like you've lost everything, but I'm going to let you know that I will show up and bless you more than what you ever gave up in the first place. You with me? It would be um, very great if God called us to the path of least resistance. Come on, somebody. People don't like to work out in the morning. Like, it'd be, <laughs> right? Like, it'd be so much easier if God called us to the path of least resistance. Lord, I'm, I'm your servant. I love you, gosh, because things are great. Things are easy. God, if you would just call me to give up vegetables, Lord, I will, I will do that. I will give those vegetables up for you, Lord. I will give up broccoli and cauliflower and the Brussels sprouts, Lord. I'll give them up for you. Your will be done in me. <laughs> But when God speaks to us, when God is, has something for our lives, he usually redirects us, and it's usually something that's costly. When God speaks to us and redirects our life, it usually disrupts our comfort. It disrupts our familiarity. It disrupts our preferences. It disrupts our timing. And I think the biggest thing it disrupts is our control. Because the biggest thing about a journey not knowing where you're going is not being able to control how things are going to go. And when God speaks and calls Abraham to leave everything, he's like, I'm disrupting your life, and you're going to have to trust me the whole way with your whole life, with everything that you've had. See, we've spent this whole series talking about how to hear God. Now the question is, now that you've, he- not that you- now that you've heard God, does God have your Yes. God speaks to Abraham, Abram and says, leave everything. Verse 4 says, so Abraham went. It's not just enough to say, I hear you, Lord. Right? It's not, I hear you, God. I, I can quote scripture. I, I know your word. I've, I, oh, yeah, I did this meditative thing, and I heard you speak, God. Um, but Abraham went. Abraham didn't know where he was going, how long it would take, how it would go, though we know the journey was over 500 miles on foot. Um, it says Abraham went just as the Lord said to him. Hebrews 11 talks about Abraham and says this, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Hearing God is not just about gaining new insights or adding to our already rich lives, but it's a surrender of our will. It says that Abraham obeyed. Obedience is the key to faith. And the thing about obedience is that it always doesn't feel good. It often doesn't feel good. It feels great at like youth camp or at a, at a conference. You're like, yes, Lord, I will go. I will do that. It, but when you have to walk it out, when, when you're by yourself, when, when you just swiped your last meal and you don't know where the next one's coming, when you step down and you move to a new place and that it's not, doesn't feel good and you don't know if you have any friends or if you can depend on anybody, when you, when you step out and you're unsure if, 
if this new career path is going to work out, when you, when, you, when you step out and you're in the place, you need to know that God's with you. And obedience is what God calls us to. So Abraham went. One, one commentator says this. He went forward not because it made sense, not because it was easy, not because it seemed the most feasible way to raise a family, but simply because God said so. That is the essence of faith. Obedience to God's commandments even when we don't know what obedience will bring. Listen, if we only respond to the things we like, we might not be responding to God but ourselves. God's call in our lives is from something to something. God's call requires a response. Following God will cause discomfort. Verse 4, so Abraham went as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, all the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. And I think oftentimes, like, if, you, if you've been around church or Sunday school or Bible stories long enough, you, you look at Bible characters as superheroes as though, like, they didn't have struggles. Because you, you, you see the whole picture, you're like, oh, man, they're great. Like, they probably didn't argue, right? If you've ever been in a car with, with someone for a long time, you're going to argue, right? Like, this journey was not easy. Like, a 75-year-old person leaving everything that they've ever known in their life grabbing it, packing on some mules, and heading out for a walk, not knowing where they're going, trusting a God they just met. He uproots his life in response to God's word. And on his way, that's what we see in this passage, that on his way that God reveals himself more and more. He reveals his plans to Abram and Sarai. And it says here in verse 6, they travel through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At the time, at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he doesn't know where he's going. He's at, he's at this stop. Um, and God says, this is a significant place. And what God, and God, here's why this is significant, God says, I'm going to establish your future here. And, and so now understand two things about this statement. Um, there are already people living there, okay? Um, these people are formidable. Um, <laughs> two, he's 75, Sarai's 65, and he says, um, your offspring, well, we don't have any kids. Um, we don't have any plans to have kids because we're too old, God. Um, and so, um, God, you, 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 this is the place where you're going to plant us. There's people here that are tough, and you, we're going to have offspring. We don't have any kids, and we're past childbearing age, and, but you said you're going to make this place a, a land of our offspring. Um, Abraham has to be thinking, God, do you, do you write checks that you can't cash? <laughs> because that's, you guys know what a check is? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, 
Did you, can you, are you swiping a card that has no balance? Okay, all right? All right, there we go. Um, this is what he has to be thinking because it, it kind of sounds crazy that like, God is calling and you're walking and you're going to this place and God says, I'm going to establish you here um, and I'm going to establish a family line here. Um, God promised him to make him a father of nations, but he has no child or land. And um, I, I feel like Abraham is at a, a, a crossroad here because it's the perfect opportunity to, to second guess, right? Have you, sometimes we travel and we're, and we're like, is Google Maps right right now? Right? Should, right? Is this right? I, I feel like I'm not going in the right direction. And he's at, he's at a moment right now where, where he's not where he's supposed to be. But God said that at some point you're going to come back here and you're going to establish yourself here even though there's a lot of threats here and you don't have kids here. This could be a moment where Abraham goes, I think this is far enough. Have you, have you had that point in your life where God has said something to you and you've been going and it doesn't feel like you're going in the right direction and you're at a crossroads and things aren't going how you thought they would and you're just like, God, can you, can you still do it? Are you, are you still here? Are, are you still working? Did I, did I upset you? Did I, did I mess up the, your promises? This is, this is the perfect opportunity to, to turn around or, or second guess or, or, or go back to his other gods. Um, and it says at the end of verse 7 that he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Uh, at, the, at this point, here's what Abraham does. A Abraham worships God. He doesn't understand how God is going to accomplish these promises, but he knows that God is near. And that's enough. Some of you in here don't have a situation probably in your life that you don't know how God's going to intervene. Um, you don't know how he's going to finish what he started. You don't know how he's going to show up on the promises that you've been waiting for. But if God has spoken it, he, he will do it. Um, and our job is to bless him in advance. Abraham hasn't got anything yet. I mean, if you're looking at ROI, like he hasn't. He didn't get anything yet. He's, he, he's traveling on his own dime, right? He doesn't, he doesn't have anything. If anything, he's left. He's, he's experienced losses. And before he gets anything from God, he worships. He's, he's worshiping in advance for what he knows about God. And sometimes I come in here and I just got things in my mind and I'm just like, man, I, sh I could have been doing this right now or how's this going to happen? I don't really feel like singing right now or my morning, like my calendar starts to like dictate my spiritual pace. And I read this and I'm like, Abraham worshiped before he could even see what God was doing. As one commentator says this, at Shechem, the heart of the future promised land Abraham builds an altar to the Lord, much as astronauts might plant their national flag on the moon. Man, Abraham gets to this place where, where there's all this worship to these other gods. He's trusting in God, and he goes there, and he makes an altar to the Lord. And he says, my God, my God, my God. Man, I wish I had an organ right now. Caleb, can we get an organ? <laughs> Abraham's worship says, God, I believe what you have said. You have my heart. You have my will. 
And last point, your obedience to God is not just a one-time thing. If you get anything from this story of Abraham, get this, that your obedience and your trust and your faith is not a one-time thing. God is calling you to trust him here and to trust him here and to keep trusting him. Look at verse 8. Pay attention to a couple of these phrases. From there, he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued toward the Negev. Abraham went on. Abraham set out. Abraham continued. One commentator says this, the victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. God is, keep, keeps giving you opportunities to trust him. Keep giving you opportunities to kind of re-up with him. I'm still in this, God. I'm, I'm worshiping you on this side of the blessing because I don't know. I, I can't see you, but I'm going to trust you. And every stop along the, the way, this is what Abraham does. And in a way, the worship is reminding his heart who God is. It's surrendering his will over and over to God's ways. Will you continue to follow God? Will you continue to trust God? And you might be at a place of decision right now. But you're asking, is it, is it worth it? Will God show up? Is all the sacrifice, all the waiting, all the prayers, is it worth it? Eugene Peterson says this, blessing is at the end of the road. And that which is at the end of the road influences everything that takes place along the road. A joyful end requires a joyful means. Bless the Lord. This is, this is what Abraham does. It's not that things are easy, but he reminds his heart along the way. This is, this, is why, this is why we do this. We're reminding our hearts along the way. Okay, God's good. We're reminding our, our hearts along the way. Oh, look what God's done. Yes, this is who God is. Because the world is sending us different messages. Our circumstances are telling us something different that con feels contrary to God. And we have to remind our hearts along the way. Yeah, God, you're good. Yeah, yeah, I remember what you did. I remember how you showed up. I remember what you've done in our family. I remember that you've provided when we had nothing. Yes, God, you're good. I, I remember how you respond. And how you respond to God has a ripple effect in the world around you. His family is watching him worship. The surrounding communities are watching him worship and watching him trust in God. God's, one commentator says this, God's word is not, merely, is not merely impart information. It actually creates life. It's not only descriptive, it's effective too. God speaking is God acting. So like I said, when God sent me to this school that I was super uncomfortable with, God was doing more with my yes than if I did my own thing. And it wasn't about the school. It was about my willingness. 
And when God has your willingness, then God can shape and form in you a person who reflects the God of the universe, who, a person who begins to emanate the kingdom of God in the world around them because God is looking to form a people. And so when he speaks to us, he's reorienting us and redirecting us to his way so he can form us into his image. So does God have your willingness? Because, church, I believe that God wants to do great things in your life. And I know we're always like, I got to bear my cross. But he's the God of promises. And that Jesus resurrected and broke off the stranglehold of death and, and the curse of sin and says, you can have life abundantly. I'm for you. You're beloved. You're my son. You're my daughter. I have great things in store for you. Put your trust in me and I will give you life. And I believe he's for you and that God will finish what he started. Amen? Amen. So what we'll do now is we will respond. We will, we will talk to God. And maybe this is, maybe God has said something to you and you've been hearing it this whole time. And you're like, maybe just respond to God. Maybe that's, maybe with words, maybe in how you worship, maybe you're going to kneel up front on the carpet. Um, and maybe you just want to pray with somebody and ask someone to pray for you. Um, so come on, let's go. <laughs> Um, and then I'll, I'll just, let me pray, I'll pray for us as we enter this space and time of response and contemplation. Father, um, we thank you that you, um, you are who you say you are. You're the great I am, you're Alpha, you're Omega, um, you're beginning and ending, Father, and, um, Thank you that you see us, you have a call, you have plans for our lives, God, that it's never too late. Um, you are the, a redeemer, you're a restorer, um, you're a healer, God, and we just thank you. Um, and I just say, God, we're just, we're open to what you want to do in our lives, God. Um, so we just give you free reign right now, and we say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fill us? Would you speak to us? Would you give us courage to trust you and to follow you? In Jesus' name, amen.